Jeopardy! Now your host, Ryan Thompson. Is that is that how the Jeopardy intro goes? I'm sure it's exactly that. I only know the, uh, the theme song, but... Uh... Yes, welcome to the Chaffin Church Podcast. We are here. My name is Ryan Thompson. I am joined here by my co-host, Pastor Marty Holman, who is wearing a suit and tie today. I feel really underdressed. I'm just wearing... You know, jeans and t-shirt. So. I was talking to Ray Rogers earlier today at a soccer game. And, and Ray and I decided... You wore a suit and tie. Ray and I decided that the suit and tie was going to be the new Chaffin Church uh, dress code for all men <laughs> between the ages of 3 and 93. That is a wide range of, of ages. Also, that's, none of that's true. But we, we, <laughs> we did talk about that. We, we talked about, like, wouldn't it be hilarious to, like, wear suits all the time? I was like, well, it wasn't hilarious when I did it all my childhood. But, um, yeah. Hmm. Very nice. Very nice. So we have um, some chaffing good news for you today. Um, do we normally do chaffing good news at the beginning? Or have, have we decided? Are we doing it at We've the beginning? We've been doing it at the end. But that's okay. We can do it whenever we want. Let's, let's start with some, some good news. Let, why don't we start with it? Today? Right. So I have a few things here in the good news list. First of all, last night, we had the, the um, guys, what I called uh, DGW night. I still am unsure why this activity needs an acronym. Needed but. an acronym. <laughs> I gave it one. It was much better as a result. And so, so what, uh, what does the acronym stand for? What, what disc was it? golf wing, wings, disc golf and wings. And so we had a blast. Uh, it was a little, uh, it was a little drizzly, mm. but uh, a few of us went out. We had a great time. We went on Newton Hill, and right in the center of Worcester. And I got to tell you, it's kind of, it was kind of a hard course. Like I've played now in three courses: one in Columbus, Ohio; one in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And that one. And the time I had done that one before, uh, I was a little bit younger. I'm not gonna say I was your age, I was a little bit older than you, but, but it was uh, definitely easier. And so anyways, we had a blast, and then we headed on over to Wicked Wings. Mm. We brought some salvation, if you know what I mean. Mm. And... <laughs> It wasn't wicked when we left. It wasn't wicked we when we left. <laughs> uh, and uh, there were several more people waiting for us there. We had a good time of uh, connection and conversation and, and um, bromancing. It was bromancing, wasn't it? Was it was bromancing. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was cool. It was a good time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the first. Uh, the first. Did you enjoy last night? I did. I had a great time. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it was really good. Good news. Good news. The second bit of good news was the Shine Conference. The ladies went to the Shine Conference, and they had a blast. They shared last Sunday about it. And so uh, for those of you who are podcast listeners and viewers, we want you to know, if you weren't here on Sunday, the Shine Conference, they, had a, they really did enjoy it. And, and, and there's going to be another. This is really gutsy on the, um, I don't even know if I, if I told you this, um, of... My friend, Pastor Milas, uh, he decided 
or they decided as a, as a group, whoever it was, because many people complained about the conference that it was in September. Because when you have like teachers, you're just starting your job for the summer and then you're asking for two days off. Mm. And so more times than not, teachers, which is a good chunk of people in, in New England and probably anywhere, uh, teachers were not able to go to the Shine Conference. As a matter of fact, Carrie didn't go for the very same reason mm. because she hates taking off time of work. Mm. And there it is. However, at the end of the year, you have a certain amount of days for a teacher. You have a certain amount of days that you can have off. Carrie always has those times at the end of the year. She always has plenty of time off. But she never uses it because she hates to use it. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Pastor Matas and the gang at Shine Conference decided to move it up six months. So in six more months, there'll be another Shine Conference. Wow. And it'll be right before the Warrior Conference. Oh. So that's some good news. So all of the parents, you know, babysitting budget can go in one month that year. Boom. Oh, there Done. you go. There you go. Very cool. Um, well, actually, no. Well, I mean, okay. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> then finally, do you remember what, what the third one was? Yeah, you were talking about the, the group of pastors you're meeting okay. with. Okay. Yeah. I just want to say this because this is a huge shout out. This is really cool. Our friends at Holden Chapel, oh, we, I meet together with the pastors in Holden, and our friends at Holden Chapel did a really cool thing. They... They, um, they connected, have been connecting with a church uh, comprised mostly of African-American friends. And they invited them to use their facility. And they said, oh, they thought that was great. It was called Jubilee Church. It's called Jubilee Church. And they were meeting in the uh, evening. They wanted to meet in the evening. So Holden Chapel said, well, why don't, we, why don't you just meet with us? Instead of... Sensible. Uh, and I think they're going to do that once a month to start. And that meeting, uh, they they are running the whole service, Jubilee Church, there at Holden Chapel. Hmm. So they are going to do that once a month there. And I thought that was a really excellent way of showing that the church is, is larger than just one organization. Right, right. And uh, so that, my friends, has been some good news. Excellent. Thank you for that, Marty. Yeah. Thank you. So today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is wisdom. Wisdom. Um, Marty is very wise. He's a wise person. Thank you. Why do you think, Marty, before we really dive into this, why do you think wisdom is so hard to come across? Like, what, like why is it, well, why is it so hard to get right? Why is it so hard to find? Why is it so hard? Why is wisdom so hard to find? I mean, that's a really intense question. I, because there's not really, there's a certain depth that one has to have in order to be wise for a prolonged period of time. Hmm. Most people don't have that depth. Or even if they do have that depth, it is possible for them to lose such depth mm. at differing times in their lives, depending on the circumstances in their lives. 
or for some of us, we we become one hit wonders or <laughs> never showed up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like the other problem with finding wisdom is, you can find wisdom. Like early on in my childhood, I was a good boy, right? Like I mm-hmm. I, li- I did whatever my parents wanted me to. I lived. I dotted my uh, I's and crossed my T's in terms of the way I acted. And so sometimes, though, we connect, um, we connect the idea of our behavior with wisdom. Mm. And there is some truth to that connection, but a lot of times it can be a lie. So I would think, growing up, how wise I was because I acted appropriately and specifically I did what my parents wanted me to do Hmm. and so there came a time when I remember even thinking like how good my life was how good I good the decisions were that I had made in my life and literally I was 23 years old like less than a week after that time period I remember where I was I was standing overlooking a hill um, I, oh, made, man. I made I made ridiculous ridiculously horrible decisions, uh, thus destroying my narrative in my own mind that I was a wise person. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are some of the reasons why it, it, it's it's very difficult. It, it almost takes time, but even if you give it time, that doesn't mean you're gonna find wisdom. Right. Well, that's that's I mean that's a big time in a lot of people's lives where they, like you did, realize, oh, wait, I'm not very wise. So, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, without my parents here, you know, it is, it is tricky, you yeah. know, to, to, to be wise. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, f- I feel, you know, some of the same, some of the same uh, things are true for, for me as well. Um, so wisdom is found throughout scripture, but, you know, perhaps most of all, it's found in, um, you know, you get, you get some of it in Psalms, but there's actually a section of scripture of wisdom literature, right? And mm, um, yes. so, um, and Solomon, who is one of David's sons, is just really kind of, he, him as a character, he's sort of tied to that, to that wisdom literature. And we're not going to get like too deep into that today. But typically, um, you know, when people think about wisdom and, and, and Christianity, they're like, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and... And, and read some of that wisdom literature. And then please do, it's actually, it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Ecclesiastes is quite depressing, but uh, so just be ready for that. But be ready. Yes, be ready. So, um, but I wanna, I wanna actually talk today a little bit about something that uh, it's more of a biblical principle. It's, it's, not, it's not something that, that the text clearly spells up, but you can actually find this throughout the scripture. And so, um, basically, it's called the three wisdoms, and so this is something that I um, kind of came across in uh, one of my favorite theologians um, was talking about this on one of his podcasts. So I'm I'm actually stealing this uh, directly from him. Okay, um, and we'll 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 put the uh, attribution in at the bottom of the description here. But uh, essentially, it's called the three wisdoms, and essentially, the idea is that. There are three general types of wisdom that you can that you can find uh, in in life and and in the scriptures, 
and and I'll just I'll just go go into them I guess. So, uh, the first type of wisdom that is out there is called pre-conventional wisdom. Okay. Pre-conventional wisdom. So uh, the first one um, is one that we're all very familiar with because we have all been a child at at some point. Mm -hmm. And um, children sort of um, are are great examples of this because. Pre-conventional wisdom, I think a lot of people view it as not wisdom at all. And a lot of times it isn't actually wisdom. Pre-conventional wisdom is, is something like, you know what? Marty pissed me off, so I'm going to punch him in the face. You know? Okay. That, that is pre-conventional wisdom. Okay. Um, because it, it doesn't really require any, you know, deeper level of thought or just that, that um, you know, advanced level. We were actually talking about earlier of, um, you know, study and discipline and, and time, you know. Uh, pre-conventional wisdom is, is sort of innate, right? It's just sort of there. Um, it's the kind of wisdom that's inside of you no matter... Right. Like based on how you've been raised or based on any number of things. Right. And and, and it, it could kind of be conceived of as like your base psychology, right? Like okay. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We won't really get into that. But um, basically, um, so that that's pre-conventional wisdom is... Um, a lot of these things that are sort of sort of silly, maybe they're not wisdom at all, mm -hmm. but um, you know we all we all we all actually engage in those things from time to time. The next type of wisdom is conventional wisdom, and this this is this is the thing that most people think of when they think about wisdom is conventional wisdom. So uh, conventional wisdom is wisdom that has sort of been out there, it's been around for a while, um, it's sort of available, and if you, if you study and, and um, you, you can just find it out there almost anywhere, even with very little amounts of research. You can, you can find um, you know, conventional wisdom. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of, of an example. Um, you know, we'll, we'll save the examples for, for, for later a little bit, uh, actually. So that's conventional wisdom. And the third type of wisdom is post-conventional wisdom. So, uh, and post-conventional wisdom is sort of um, this revisionist wisdom. Okay. It's, it's, it's usually a spin off of conventional wisdom. So, um, and even, you can even spin it off of pre-conventional wisdom. So, so like you might say, um, hey, you know, um, People, people used to do this, you know, but now we, we learned that this is better, right? So people, people used to burn a bunch of fossil fuels and we just thought willy-nilly, you know, that's great. We're just going to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. And we realized, hey, um, solar energy and all this other stuff is better. Maybe one day we'll be able to say that. I don't, I don't know. Um, so that's post-conventional wisdom. It's sort of like you're sort of editing um, uh, conventional wisdom in, in some ways. Yeah. So, so, so just to be clear, yeah. when you say wisdom, you mean specifically, are, like, are you make, is this, a, is this synonymous with knowledge? Um, well, oh, that's, that's a big, <laughs> that's a, that's a huge, Because based on question. your description, it seems like it, and maybe this is the, the direction mm -hmm. that 
your well, wisdom can be a type of knowledge. I mean, you you Correct. can't you can't really like wisdom is stored in your brain, yeah. just like knowledge is. So it it is a type of knowledge, but um, usually it's it's sort of tied to these overarching uh, principles and and ideas, right? So so that's sort of what I'm talking about: overarching ideas, principles. Um, a lot of wisdom is tied to ways of living, mm-hmm. um, in, in, in specificity there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but knowledge being, you know, that can be more tied to data or, um, specific facts. But if you tie a bunch of knowledge together and you tie it to the way you live, I think, I think you can get to some of that, uh, wisdom. Mm, okay. So, uh, that, that's sort of how I probably should have started by defining that. So. So thank you. So thank you. All right. So you got your three types of wisdom. You have pre-conventional wisdom, yep. conventional wisdom, and post-conventional wisdom. Correct. Okay. So, uh, so now these three things they tend to interact with one another. Yeah. Of okay. Course, of course. So, um, so here's here's an example, and and I'm actually going to sort of dive into scripture. I. I I took a bit longer than I thought I would describing though. So, um, okay. so I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into scripture a little bit here. Um, or okay, who's your theologian? It's Rob Bell. Okay. Yes, I he 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 definitely got it from somewhere else. I don't know exactly who he got it from. Uh, so my apologies uh, for that. So pre-conventional wisdom, conventional wisdom, post-conventional wisdom—they're all tied together. Okay. And uh, so so let me let me give an example here. So, in in the ancient world, um, in well, well, we'll call it in the classical Roman world, right? So this is the time when Jesus was incarnate. So he was he was walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this this idea that was already old by that time, and uh, it was part of what was known as the Hammurabi Code. Okay. okay. Hammurabi Code was this this uh, set of laws that this leader named Hammurabi put together um, several thousand years BC. I, I I don't actually know the exact date it was put together. Maybe you do. I I don't. However, I do know that it, it is basically the um, what history teaches us that the Hammurabi Code um, is basically the Sumerian. Uh, the reason why law exists. It was like one of those yes. evolutionary like pillars that came in and it started the idea of a law. Right, correct. So before before official law existed, yep. it's basically like whatever your king said went that was law. Yes, whatever correct. the king said. But once you have this code of laws, right? So they are moving from pre-conventional wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Your ruler just tells you what to do because yeah, yeah. that's, that's the only tool you have. Yeah. Um, and then you're codifying that loss. You're writing it down and, and it was carved into stones. Um, so the Hammurabi Code, there's actually a, a uh, copy of it that has been carved into stone somewhere in some museum in the world, I think. It still exists. Really? It's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So the Hammurabi Code is an example of conventional wisdom. So one of the things that is a big part of the Hammurabi Code um, is something that you and I have all heard of before, and that is eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Okay. Yes. So we, we've, all, we've all heard that. Yeah. And in some ways, there, there's part of our existing law system, right, yeah. that still sort of 
works that way, right? Yeah. It's like ret retributive, re retributive. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's 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 sort of based on some form of retribution. Yep. Right. Um, you know. So. So if um, you know person A has someone in their family that gets killed by person B, the survivors in person A's family can look forward to justice by person B perhaps getting killed themselves. That that's right. That's sort of the conventional wisdom idea. So along comes Jesus, right? Yeah. The, several hundred, maybe maybe a thousand years later, mm -hmm. and seventeen hundred fifty-five years. Later. Wow, there you go. Seven seventeen hundred fifty-five years later, and he literally start and and Jesus has this formula, and we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit. He says something like, "You've heard it said, right?" Yes. And and in this case, he said, "You've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth." Yeah. But I tell you. You know, turn the other cheek, love your neighbor, go the extra mile. Correct. Um, all, all of those things, he's, he's, he's advancing this concept. You know, you've heard it said, and maybe there's some truth to that, you know, for a time. Yeah. But I am now advancing this. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it forward. And, um, and so, so that whole idea of like loving, loving your neighbor, but, but beyond that, loving your enemies this is a fantastic example of something that is post-conventional wisdom. Can you, mm. can you think of any other examples that are sort of at the at the surface? That Jesus? Sure, it could be Jesus or, or any, anything you can think of, yeah. I mean, Jesus is all over the place when, I mean, when he said, when he says things like, um, you, I mean, all those, you've heard it said, right? Like, I mean, is there, I, I, wonder, I wonder if we looked it up, how many times did he say, you've heard it said, Blank, blank, blank. Yeah. But I now I say blank, blank, blank. Yeah, you know? he's talking about lust. You know what I mean? You're I, right. Don't, don't don't commit adultery. Right. But I say a person who looks, you know, and we're all kind of. I gotta think the Pharisees are are going like. <laughs> <laughs> if I look at a woman like, like that's right. pretty intense. I mean, Jesus raised the bar in that in that sense. Right. Oh yeah. So so Jesus' entire like his his teaching career. Yeah. Is just it's it's so full of that. Um, so I just you know it's 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 all over the scripture. So I'm I'm trying to think to myself now, um, and I, I maybe didn't get this far in my planning of this episode. So maybe maybe you can help me here. Yeah, I'd be glad to. But how can how can we apply this to to our lives? Like how can how can we how can we get post conventional wisdom or um, how can we, how can we um, not cast it away? Because one thing that sort of happens here, and I'll, I'll warn everyone about this, is um, when somebody comes out and speaks about post-conventional wisdom, to someone who's a big fan of the conventional wisdom on that topic, Correct. it looks like the person who's actually post-conventional is pre-conventional. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or uh, another term for that is heretical. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's well. That's actually a great example of just well. Th that might even be a blanket term in the church, right? Of uh, people saying, "Hey, that's not wisdom at all. That's pre-conventional, man." Like, yeah. You know, no. You have to believe this, this, and this. It's like, right. Well, no, because we need to. We're advancing this topic. We're, our our understanding has changed. Correct. You know. 
So um, yeah, so anytime someone says heresy, that doesn't mean that they're wrong. There, there is heresy out there. There are things that are completely wrong, right? Yeah, and, of course. And, and, and just destructive to, to believe. Uh, I would say one of the things that I think about in terms of this is I read a, so in, ironically, or maybe not, uh, I, the, when I first heard about Rob Bell, who was a pastor at the time in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I would go to his website and listen to his messages. Right. So in, on his website was a theologian with a few essays that Rob's team had put together and put on. And so this is back in like 2007 or eight or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this website, uh, this essay, one of these essays was by a guy named N.T. Wright, who I reference frequently. <laughs> and he actually, and N.T. Wright is an example of this on a large scale. And this is like a whole nother topic of conversation. But he's an example of this when it comes to the idea of salvation mm. in that he espouses uh, when he reads and, and explains the Apostle Paul and his teachings, right. he actually espouses what, what's called a new... Uh, the NPP, the New Perspective the on new Paul. The New Perspective yeah. on Paul, which is uh, has some similarities to the, what, what evangelical Christianity, at least, right. has believed in the, in the last couple hundred years. Uh, but, but one of the things that he talked about uh, on this particular essay was called the, uh, the, the Is the Bible Authoritative? Mm. Right? And so he talked about the Bible being in, uh, being like having or Christians or Christianity or, or I don't even know I want to say Christians because it wasn't always it was even pre-Christ talked mm. about the Bible having five acts Mm, yeah, right, right, right. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and in these acts, you have the act of creation, and God create, created everything, and that was a, the first act. And then you have the act of Israel, and God, um, <coughs> God brought through Abraham this this idea of um, this idea of walking with him. And then you have the uh, the act of the the divided king and the kings and, and that thing. I mean, you have the act of um, Jesus and, and the apostles. And he said, in the, in the early church, essentially. And then he talks about the fifth act and that the Bible is authoritative in a way um, that it gives us power to finish our acts, to, the mm. act that we are called to do. Right. And so he says many people use scripture as like a rule book or like oh it says in this line you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that like and he said no, no. it doesn't give like advice like that it's not mm -hmm. that's not the point what it does and you know he's no slouch so he's not just saying this off the cuff this is years right. of study um what it does is it gives power to those who are following christ in this post church or post early church world and so that is an example, at least to me, of what you're talking about, of, of post-conventional wisdom. Right. But post-conventionality, it, it's just uncomfortable sometimes, right? Like, Would you connect it with post... 
modernism? Not always, not always. I think, I think, um, but in a lot of cases, yeah. Well, because so. what you said, what you said was it's uncomfortable, and the reason why things become uncomfortable is because it takes you out of the. So conventional wisdom typically builds structures around right. that wisdom, right. right? So you have, I mean, in whatever work, like shape or shifting the world does, and people do, basically they build structures around the conventional wisdom, and then more, I guess we we call it post-conventional wisdom comes out, and new structures, old structures, essentially get torn down or get left alone. Right. Let's look at the, the CD or the tape deck, <laughs> right? And new structures are replaced. Well, that's a great point too, because one day, like you might believe something right now that you're like, oh man, I'm on the forefront of this. You know, I, I got here yes. early. And then it could, it might only be a few years <clears throat> later and you're, you're holding this cassette tape deck and you're like, crap, everyone has CD players. You know? so, <laughs> so, and I think what the dangerous thing is and this is dangerous even for people like you i think people like you and i we actually think that way mm. i got here early right like we think about the next thing right or right. the next i don't think our mindsets fit in the idea of structure that well um right. And right. not that we don't like structure but i think we, we just think through change right i right. don't think most people do hmm. i think most people like to fit in their structure they get into it, and uh, they stay there until it becomes uh, untenable. Un yeah. yeah, and and I'm not saying one's right and one's wrong because I'm sure even the way we think it can be difficult at times to not. Actually, I was thinking about this. I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Even the idea that we're we're in this place right before we move into our worship space, we're in this place where it be where there's not a lot of community uh, uh, culture mm. and I, how unsettled I am of that. Like I, I hate that because I'm waiting for that time where we're able to come together in that room right. and worship and, 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 but we're like in this sitting area. Yeah. And I thought I was out of the sitting area year, a couple years ago <laughs> and apparently I'm not. Well, there is a sense of like delayed gratification almost, you know, to yeah. it. Yeah, that's definitely... That's definitely a thing. But listeners, I think you can probably think of examples of, of times where you have stumbled upon post-conventional wisdom or maybe someone just taught it to you and you were like, wow, like that, that makes sense. And that, that, that conventional wisdom that, that took me forward, you know, mm. so many years ago that I need to retire that, you know, that's, that's pre-conventional wisdom for me now. And I hope. Well, some people don't seem to ever do that, really. You know. <laughs> and here's the thing: I, I, I think it becomes it, it becomes harder to think that way about God, right? Uh, about church structures, right? Most people think that way. We were talking. I mean, maybe that was the spirit of God giving me that example. The tape deck, no, like gives me, like if you build up, like, most people don't still have tape decks. Hanging out, or if they do, they certainly don't use them, right? Right. I mean, right. CDs had just come out when I was at 1991. I got my first CD player, mm -hmm. and Amy Grant, baby, baby, <laughs> I'm taking with. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> most people think that way. Sometimes they're late, 
But in regards to church, it becomes very difficult. Right. It becomes very difficult to think, how can we utilize uh, this new wave of, of uh, technology or even way of communication to further the gospel? It's difficult because we all sat in old ways and they worked and people came to the rooms and people like... And, and you even train me on this sometimes, and sometimes I buck at the system. I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, but that, that brings us to something like, like fundamentalism, right? Okay. Fundamentalism, essentially what, what fundamentalism is doing is it's taking conventional wisdom, right? And that is the only thing that, that fundamentalists want to see. They, they only want to see what they view as, as conventional wisdom. And even if they have long ago slid back into what everyone else considers pre-conventional wisdom, they, like post-conventional wisdom, isn't even, that's not even like a category. That's not even a thing yeah. you know, to them. And so, and so um, I just find that s- such an interesting way to frame you know, fundamentalism. And um, I, well, it becomes easier to avoid when you're, when you're able to just kind of frame it in those, in those ways. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So I know that's, that's sort of a big, scary idea. I, I know just the, the terms are very, there's a lot of syllables there, right? Um, I mean, I guess one, one question I would have as we move on is, so what, Ryan? So what? That's a good question. So, I think, I think when, when it comes down to um, just everyday people's lives, um, I would just encourage people to be very discerning when you encounter new, new ideas, especially when it comes to new ways of living, like the way, the way, that, the way that you live or the way that you should live. When you encounter those things, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to think and pray long and hard about those things because you could be stumbling upon something that is in fact wisdom and you you have not realized something that you maybe at first glance think oh that's pre-conventional wisdom that's like people are being children you know that that can't be real that can't be true yeah um can you give me a like, when you first said that, I thought it was really good. Can you give me yeah. an example of it, though? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Of, of uh, where I would think something is pre, pre-conventional. pre Right. Well, I'll give you an example of something that I thought. Okay. Well, you know. So, I saw, you know, I, I went to uh, North Park University for undergrad. Yeah. And at that time, when I was an undergraduate, this is when I was, like, 19 and mm-hmm. 20, um, I, I wouldn't call myself a super conservative Christian, but... But maybe I would I would put myself on the conservative end of moderate or the moderate end of conservative, some somewhere in that camp. Yeah. And I went to I went to college with all of these um, young semi-liberal uh, college students, and they were just saying things that I I hadn't really been taught in in the in the yeah semi-conservative youth groups I had been going to, and a lot of that had to do with social justice. Like, okay. oh, well, well, God wants, you know, the world to be a good place for us to live in. And, yes. and at that time, I was just very, like, 
yeah, but like, you know, we're all going to go to heaven. Why does, you know, we don't have to like perfect the world. Like, I don't. Did I don't, you really think that? Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't understand why a lot of this stuff, like, like, of course, you know, Jesus, you know, fed, fed the hungry and, and healed the sick and I, yeah. I know, you know, whatever, whatever. But like, that's not like a key component of the gospel in my mind. This is what I was thinking, okay. All right. you know? And I was thinking like, oh, this is just a bunch of like hippies, basically. <laughs> like, like this is seriously what I thought, you know, like because I had been reading, you know, John Piper and and and, and uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at John Piper, you know. Uh, and and I was thinking to myself that okay, the, the these spiritual things are what matter more, and these things that I view as earthly things don't matter. So so what these college students are saying about like oh well well homeless ministry, you know, it's it's more important in some ways than what you do in church on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. I I was like that is that's like that's so dumb. Like that's how can you heretical. believe that? Well, yeah, and 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 I guess a certain part of me, I, I didn't use that word necessarily, but some of part of me thought that. Yeah. I thought they were engaging in pre-conventional wisdom. They were just acting like children, you know. And then when I when you know as as I got older and I experienced more and I learned more more theology, I realized I'm like. Wow, these these young college students that I was going to, maybe they didn't know the theological underpinnings of it as well as I thought mm -hmm. maybe they should, but like they were right. They were right. Like th that was post-conventional wisdom, you know, that the that the church was going to should engage more in social justice and and those initiatives and maybe it was something that the church had been ignoring for too long and yeah. um and I just started to to wake up to some of these ideas and um and I just remember a bunch of these conversations I had with, with some of these college kids and I was like, man, I, I was so wrong. You know, like I, I thought it was pre-conventionalism, but it was actually post. And it's yeah. just, it really um, kind of was, was a shock to the system, you know? Well, I would, I would say that there is a scenario where post-conventional wisdom and pre-conventional wisdom can be the same thing. Hmm. At times, when you're not talking about technology, okay, right? So you're talking about spirituality. When we look at we look at the early church, right? And they were doing all the homeless ministry. They were doing right. all of that, right? And then we came to conventional wisdom, and conventional wisdom looked something like something like an organized religion setup, right? And we had that right. for 1,500 years. Have had it for 1,500 years. And, uh, and in regards to spirituality, and specifically Christianity, we look back and go, how did we get away from that? And, and I understand right. that with technology comes certain things and certain, I mean, philosophies, and I'm cer certain by now that our Christianity has been tainted by all sorts of philosophies right outside of jesus original intention oh yeah yeah but that that's a great point that wisdom is is, is a lot of wisdom is timeless right yeah. like you can grab wisdom from from a couple thousand years ago like how cool is that yeah you know? um uh and like we said it's it's all over the scriptures right that 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 kind of post-conventional uh, wisdom is is there just because you know you use a term like post-conventional i know we've been comparing post-conventional wisdom with with technology a lot in this episode but you know it's it's not just like this linear progression like like time is right you know you can right. you can kind of pull in and grab ideas from from all over the place so, well record players 
Record players coming back. Like, yeah. people who are much younger than me, maybe at this point much younger than you, mm-hmm. buying records and record players. Why? Because somewhere along the way, okay, this is, this is, this is what I would say about that. Somewhere along the way, music, um, people wanted to make it better and make it sound better, mm-hmm. right? And so you put it on a tape. Tapes sound okay, I guess. I remember I remember that stupid pencil thing and the ribbon and all that. <laughs> um, and then you put it, or a track first, and then and then and then a tape, and then a CD, and it sounds crystal clear. And now we have MP3s, you know, and or whatever, or whatever right, else we have right. now, and but digital format, and it sounds crystal clear they can do amazing things with it and people are buying records why because it's not always about sounding crystal clear sometimes it's about the feeling you get when you listen to a certain song and i remember listening to music on record player and there's a little like yeah there's 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 something about the wisdom, the post-conventional wisdom there is it's in the experience of the music you're, you're listening yeah. to, right? Like there's something about being able to just, you know, pull a couple songs together on Spotify. Yes, you're, you're listening. You're listening on, on Bluetooth headphones. It's so convenient and it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing, you know? yep. But at the same time, you know, like there's something to be said about, you know, sitting down in your house, putting the phone away, yep. putting a record on, sitting down in a comfy chair, and you're not doing anything else. Mm. You're just listening to music. Maybe you got a couple friends there, or maybe it's just you. Yep. And you're listening on, on a record, and there's, there's something about the, the sparkle in the way it sounds, mm-hmm. you know? And there's something about uh, how inconvenient it is that actually makes it better, the experience somehow. You know, and so that there's there's this pull to it. Um, there's there's a wisdom to that, or there can be at least if you're if you're a certain type of person and you, you can relax. And I, I I would argue we all can be, but if you can actually relax and do it that way, you know. So yeah, I agree. That's a really good example. I, I think when I think when Jesus talked to the Pharisees, you know, he, Jesus didn't have a lot to say to sinners in terms of judgmentalism. Mm. Like, he, like, maybe to the crowd in general, but most of them, I would say, were spiritual, or most of them were, you know, Jewish or whatnot. And, and, but moving from one to the other to the other, and, and sometimes back, takes a certain bit of, of uh, openness of heart. Yeah. Courage, right? right? Courage at times, right? You are in the thick of things. You might be successful as a result of what is happening either as a pastor of a church Mm -hmm. or as a a managerial role. Uh, Things could be successful. And then I think about like IBM or not IBM, like Xerox. Mm -hmm. Not Xerox. Kodak. Kodak Kodak is a story, right? Kodak. And now they, I mean, when I was a little kid, like they had that those pictures and we yeah, have all those pictures we put them on our album we got it immediately there was nothing bigger than kodak 150 years yeah oh it was huge and now we don't even 
I couldn't tell you a time the last time I bought a, a Kodak product. I don't know that anybody <laughs> has. I mean, maybe I think they are trying to do some stuff, but it's all like they're so far behind now. And that that's literally as human beings, there are things that if we're we're not op- we don't have an openness of heart, we are gonna miss out on relationships. Mm. We are gonna miss out on God's best for us. We're gonna miss out on uh, stupid fly in front of me. Sorry, I'm not open. My heart is not open to you, fly or whatever it is. Um, we're gonna miss out on so many things, and I, I could probably should have started somewhere else. Relationships are the first thing because we're closing our minds and our hearts to things and to people um, who might do things, who might be at a different place regarding wisdom. Mm. And that doesn't mean we can't help them and build influence into their lives. That doesn't mean we can't say, hey, I think you're probably off track here, Mm -hmm. but let's talk about that. And that doesn't mean you can't do that. It just means um, you can miss out if you're not really, really, really open to the next stage of wisdom God has for you. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like, for instance, can we encounter ideas from other faiths and not not be afraid of those ideas, right? Like, or can we listen to a a totally secular atheist professor talking about something at some conference somewhere? Like, can 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 a Christian handle that, right? Like, I mean, I think they do because Jordan Peterson is very popular. <laughs> I, I like I like the guy. I don't think you like him, but I like him. Yeah. Uh, but he's not a Christian. I mean, he claims to like spiritual things at times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, all, like I think the, the question, the answer is absolutely we should. Oh yeah, well, well, Jordan Peterson is very beloved, and I think in the, in the Christian community <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Christian men, in certain Christian, right? Yeah, communities. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I have anything big to, to to add to this. I think I think we've covered it pretty well, Marty. Okay. Um, how are we doing with time? We, 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 I think, I think, uh, I think our um, listeners and viewers would, would be this. This is not totally accurate. I think this is plus seven or eight minutes on, on oh, okay. top of this. So cool. Um, yeah. So so just just sort of to, to sum up what we're saying. Um, yeah. There there like Marty was saying. There's an openness. There's a courage to being open to to finding post-conventional wisdom in in places where you, you might not think you, you'd find it you know um, and you can always find conventional wisdom by asking you know wise people in your life things yeah. and sometimes post-conventional wisdom but um, but yeah be, be courageous and and always be on the lookout for for things that can sort of uh, advance wisdom down that that path in your life yeah. I love that. Uh, Okay, well, we'll close up shop here. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for being a part and listening every week. We have, I mean, it's not the biggest crowd, but we are thankful that you are listening right now every week. And, uh, and, and, man, good, good, good people. Not to, it won't be too long, by the way, that we will be filming inside our new worship space. So be ready for that. Uh, not necessarily next week, but uh, who knows? The carpet goes in next week. Woo! On Monday. When we say new worship space, we don't mean 
somewhere that is different than 155 Shrewsbury Street in Holden. Correct. It's more of a revamp, but we call it our new worship space because it's pretty different. It's pretty right? different. Yeah. It, it, it also is, uh, I would say, one of those scenarios where people say that's pre-conventional wisdom <laughs> because yes. it kind of goes back in time a little bit uh, before there was sort of uh, some so high church influence. That, that was so. That was so good. That was so good. <laughs> Bringing back the wisdom. Bringing back the wisdom. 